If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Information around reproductive health. I view it as truly the last gap and and full equality for women. And there had to be ways to empower all of us to have these types of conversations and have the tools to understand this information earlier. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I openly talk about my journey and challenges with fertility on this podcast and across every social media platform. Why? Because when I was going through it, I found hope and guidance and comfort from the women who were out there already sharing their own struggles in a vulnerable and transparent way. With the conversation around fertility expanding and more focus on the topic, not just for those trying to get pregnant, but also as a proactive part of women's health, more and more women are asking questions about their own fertility. Afton Vachiri is the co-founder and CEO of Modern Fertility. Before she even started the company, she wanted to understand her own fertility, even though she wasn't trying for kids. What she encountered was an expensive and super complicated process. So she decided to change it. If you're curious about women's health, proactive fertility, and the decisions that come with family planning, this episode explores those topics and more with Afton Bachiri. Let's dive on in. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Gold Digger. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Do something today you couldn't do yesterday with classes designed for real life. Skillshare is an online learning community with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger and get a free trial of premium membership. 
Thanks to Issue for supporting Gold Digger. Create once and distribute everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for a premium account and get 50% off at issuu.com slash podcast and use the promo code Gold Digger. All right, Afton, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Okay, well, this is a topic that I love to cover, and you are like the greatest expert to bring on the show. So before we dive into the nitty gritty, I want to know your personal story. How did you get into the business of women's health and fertility? And was this a career you always envisioned for yourself? Oh, gosh, that is, that is <laughs> a, a fun place to start. So you know, I think my, my co-founder Carly and I talk about this all the time. And I think that there are some people that that never, like Carly, that never thought that she would be, you know, co-founding a, a women's health company. But I, I was really fortunate that when I was growing up, I got this very early in life exposure to entrepreneurship before mm-hmm. I even knew what entrepreneurship was. So it was actually out of a science fair project uh, that I had to do my freshman year of high school. And out of that science fair project, I found an issue with the water quality in our community. And I ended up starting a a business to actually help the people in our community understand more about their water quality and and improve it. And I think that really stumbling on this public health issue and realizing that nobody was really going to to do anything about it and just deciding that, you know, that we we had to do something. It was just kind of this this crash course and, you know, public health entrepreneurship 101. and, And I was hooked. And so from there... Oh, gosh, I I ended up getting a a partial scholarship to go to school for entrepreneurship. So I literally had to to start companies to stay in in school. And then (laughs) from there, it was just constantly spending time between this intersection of healthcare and business, of science and business. And really, it was kind of a personal passion for for women's health, personalized medicine that that enabled me to kind of stumble in and and dive deep and just realize that there is is so much that needs to happen in the fields of of reproductive health and and fertility. And that's kind of brought us to to yeah, today with with modern fertility at the the core of, of all of that. So talk to me about modern fertility. Like, what is it? What are modern fertility's core goals? And why are those goals important to you on a personal level? Oh, gosh, so much there. So great place to start. So Modern Fertility is a women's health company focused on making personalized fertility information more available to women earlier in life. So when we started the company, we truly started it as a fertility information company. We felt like the entire conversation around fertility was very reactive as opposed to proactive. And so what we did to start is we took the exact same laboratory tests that women would do in an infertility clinic, typically if they were having trouble getting pregnant, and we took those exact same laboratory tests out of the clinic and made them available to women earlier in life at a fraction of the cost in this really easy to access format, a simple finger prick that you can do at home, mail it into our CLIA and CAP accredited lab, and then get access to your modern fertility experience. And what this experience is, is it's kind of like a, a reintroduction 
to your reproductive health and a, a fertility baseline. You can check in and learn about your fertility hormones, which are kind of like your fertility detectives that help you understand red flags. They help you understand uh, if you were to pursue egg freezing or IVF, what success might look like. Understand more about menopause onside and that, that transition. And so we, we started there, but then always knew that there was, was so much more to do uh, in women's health and fertility. And so last year, we launched a semi-quantitative ovulation test and an early detection pregnancy test. And then a few months ago, we brought just an amazing prenatal multivitamin to market as well. And so really, we're about enabling women to own the decisions impacting their bodies and futures, whatever those decisions might be, and really giving them the information to help to navigate that path more efficiently. Oh my goodness. It's so powerful. Also, I take your prenatals. So thank you for those. (laughs) Um, But I want to know, because for me, you know, this whole world of fertility opened up when we started having our struggles. And it was so wild to me because, you know, for so much of your life, you're, you're trying to prevent getting pregnant. (laughs) And we had been married for five years without any, you know, children on our heart or without that desire to grow a family. And I didn't proactively pursue anything until after our second miscarriage. And so all of this now is, is so captivating to me. It's so important to me. And it's something that I want people to be proactive about. Did you ever have a personal experience that kind of led you on this journey of discovering that this isn't really accessible and that these options are really limited and expensive? Yeah, so I was really lucky in that, you know, coming out of these kind of entrepreneurial paths, my my first job out of school was actually working at a healthcare private equity fund in New York. And so my job was to find sectors of healthcare that were interesting, growing, had some consolidation potential. And so because of my personal passion in, in women's health, I just started to to spend a lot of time researching that space. And I kind of stumbled on fertility and infertility, but I was, you know, 22 at the time. And and that's definitely not what me and my my girlfriends in New York City were talking about. I I really felt that at 22, I got the secret window into a world of conversations that I wouldn't be having for quite some time with my girlfriend. So as part of that diligence process, I had to learn the, the business of infertility. I had to learn the science of infertility, but it was really the emotional aspect that stuck with me. I had to go in to infertility clinics in New York City and talk to these women who, you know, told me that, hey, no one ever told me that fertility declined with age or, you know, no one ever told me that IVF wouldn't work for every single person. And I think it was at that moment that I, I realized that this was just not, that this was a conversation that every person should be, be having. And we should be talking about it as a part of our general wellness earlier, but there were a lot of reasons that that wasn't the case. And so fast forward, I ended up kind of working in and a handful of other environments. But I was actually at 23andMe running their consumer tools division as a a product manager there. And I I realized that I was waiting until later in life to start my own family. Mm. And I remembered those baseline tests that I had learned about back in private equity and I tried to get them done. And so I went to my OB and I said, hey, I'd like to get these tests done. And they said, no, you're not actively Mm -hmm. trying and failing to have Mm -hmm. a baby because our entire system today is based on trying and failing for a certain period of time before you're even offered the option to get some of these tests. And then your insurance might not even cover them. And so they said, no, you're not actively trying and failing to conceive. We're not going to order them for you. So I actually have to go into an infertility clinic. I paid, I think it was like $700 for 
for that initial consult. And then I had to get my script to go to a LabCorp Quest to get the testing done. I worked at a very flexible uh, Silicon Valley employer at the time, but I had an irregular cycle. And for some of these tests, if you're not taking oral birth control pills, you have to test on day three of your menstrual cycle. So I just kept missing it. And it was just this, this whole hassle, even you know, with all of the resources I had to, to go get the testing done. But when I finally got the information back, it was just so empowering for me to have a conversation with myself, my partner, my doctor about my timeline. And as a part of this process, I actually ended up getting diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's one of the leading causes of infertility. It affects one in 10 women. No doctor had ever talked to me about PCOS before in my life. And I just thought that my irregular periods were because I'm, I'm pretty type A and, and stressed uh, a lot of the time. And I had no idea that this condition could have implications on my ability to have a, a child naturally or my ability, my general health and, and wellness. And so this, this whole experience for me was just critical in starting modern fertility. But, but for me, it was less of the personal experience and more of the fact that I was open about this experience with my friends, friends of friends, and then quite literally hundreds of women that I started having these conversations with about, you know, proactive fertility and, and having questions about, you know, our, our bodies. And, and that was really the aha moment for modern fertility. It was realizing that information uh, around reproductive health, I viewed as, as truly the last gap and, and full equality for, for women. And there had to be ways to empower all of us to have these types of conversations and have the tools to to understand this information earlier. And, and that's really where, where it all started. It's so fascinating to me because I had a similar experience in the sense of even after our second miscarriage, back to back, same exact scenario happens two times in a row. They refused to do any testing and they said, you have to have three losses before we'll take it seriously. And I could not believe that the response was to let you go through that again before we do anything to try to prevent that from happening again. And it was just so eye-opening. I had to pay out of pocket to do all the testing on my own, but it was the first time that I actually felt seen and heard and like someone listened and asked those questions like, you know, what is your cycle like? What is your digestion system like? What, you know, how do you feel? What does your skin look like? You know, and it was, it was so incredible to me that we are in this like information age, you know, you can pretty much find out anything by Googling these days, yet we put these barriers up for us to be able to get information on our bodies and our health. It's just, it's incredibly backwards to me. And it's, I think it's too, just like you said, when you started having these conversations, it just exponentially opened the door for more of those conversations. And I know in sharing our own personal journey, you know, every single day I get messages from women today, just one, just probably an hour ago, someone said, you know, I'm pregnant and my progesterone levels are a little bit low. And I know you were taking progesterone. Can you share a little bit about that? And if you would do it again, and it's like, man, it's so sad to me that you have to slide into a stranger's DMs to try to get this information these days. You know what I mean? Totally. 
Yeah. And I mean, that that is truly the gap that, that we saw. It is just crazy that we don't have information about so many conditions, so many facts in, in women's health. And, and that needs to, to change. So what we did, you know, when we started the company, we were like, okay, you know, where, where should we start? And it was really, yeah. you know, upstream, if we could change this whole conversation and from wait and see, try and fail to proactive information up front, where we could help you understand, you know, what this preconception process looks like, what is normal versus not within trying to conceive, when should you go and talk to your doctor? You know, how do we have those conversations up front and how do we offer these, you know, best in class products, tools and services to women, but also how do we change the game and move the entire space forward? And so it was really important to us that as as part of our, our company, research was was just a pillar of everything that, that we do. So now if you're a modern fertility customer, if you're taking any of our, our products, you can consent. It's all opt-in. You own your data, but you can consent to have your anonymized data used in peer-reviewed research. And so if you consent and opt-in, we basically anonymize all of that data. So if you take our modern fertility hormone tests and, and complete our questionnaires, we're actually building out this large longitudinal data set of fertility information so that we can actually understand where every miscarriage doesn't have to be a mystery, where we can actually build out better predictors of future fertility so we can have that information up front. And what's crazy is this, this sounds you know, a, a novel, but we have this in almost every other condition within healthcare. We have predictive yeah. models, we have preventative testing, we have you know, different types of diagnostic testing. Yet when we look at women's health, it just it's a massive gap. And the reason, you know, when we spent time and I spent and time at you know the top infertility conferences in the U.S. talking to the top reproductive endocrinologists, fertility doctors, they just kept saying, "Hey, it's a it's a data problem. We don't have the data sets wow. that are large enough to to look at all of this because we do the majority of our research today on an infertile patient population, women that are presenting at infertility clinics once they already have issues, and we we know that it's it is so resource intensive, it's so expensive for women even to to make it into the the only 500 infertility clinics that exist in the the U.S. today." Day. And so we're really trying to, to start this kind of broader research to offer these solutions today, offer information, offer test tool services, but also just change the game for the, the future, because this is this is just not the way that that healthcare should work for for women. I think this is so fascinating because I think women are genuinely more aware and more hungry for information. And, you know, even in my own journey being pregnant with, well, I guess the fourth time around, but with my second child, my experience this time is so different from last time because last time I was reactive and this time I was given the opportunity to be proactive and really like focus yeah. on my fertility for seven months before we even started trying again because I just understood what my body needed in order to successfully carry a pregnancy. And I'm just curious, like what changes have you seen in how women in our generation and even younger generations are approaching fertility and family planning? Because I'm noticing a trend of just more awareness, but is that yeah. something you're seeing too? Absolutely. I think that there, there's a handful of things there. I think, you know, when you look at the statistics today, we have one in six couples 
that have infertility, that have trouble getting pregnant. And I think with those numbers, the chances that every person knows someone in their lives that have struggled with getting pregnant, that have struggled with a part of their reproductive health. I mean, it's it's just, it is so pervasive today. And it's it's because that the, the reactive system that we have just isn't working as we wait until later in life to, to start yes. our families. That's one of the, the biggest changes and dynamics there. But I think the other big trend is really thinking about kind of some of the the silver linings with COVID last year. We had the opportunity last year, we just happened to be doing a a survey with SoFi that actually, I think they they went public uh, this week, but the big financial planning company. And we surveyed women all across the US and we were asking how finances and fertility uh, related to each other. And we were were kind of ready to to launch it. And then the, the world started shutting down and it's COVID. And so we had the opportunity to reach back out to all women, all across the U.S. and understand how COVID was impacting their family planning decisions. And then we repeated that survey about you know six or eight months into COVID to understand how that had changed. And so I think what was, was really interesting is that the majority of, of women, almost half of survey responses, I think it was about 46%, said that COVID-19 had changed their timeline for kids. Wow. 31% were delaying, and then 15% were accelerating. <laughs> and people were just starting to, to shift their timeline as well. So we saw that one in five couples were considering having kids before marriage. 70% didn't think it was taboo to have a a kid before you got married. And so we're just seeing the the broader cultural shifts happening and people with ovaries, just really people at at large kind of pulling their head up and thinking, you know, how do I want kids to to be a part of my life or or not? And I, I think that COVID really caused people to step back and think through, okay, where, where are my finances today? Um, do I, I want to, or am I able to interact with the healthcare system today? And so a lot more people kind of turned into to planners uh, during this period of time. And so, you know, we, we saw an impact in terms of our sales as, as modern fertility, as, as pandemic times continued. And now we're actually starting to see an uptick in pregnancy test sales, uh, wow. of kind of the world starting to, to go back to normal. So I think it's, it's, it's probably too soon to tell just in terms of, of how COVID has, has impacted timelines more broadly. But I can say at just a, a macro level, what's been amazing to see is just women demanding answers and having this conversation out in the open. You know, you just being open about your, your story. I mean, just these are the things normalizing fertility as a, a part of our, our health, as a part of our, our lives, I, I think really is the, the first step. And just seeing the normalization of that conversation has just been so amazing. You know, it is so incredible too, because I feel like, you know, when you open up about something like this, people are drawn to it and curious about it. And like, even as a part of our team culture, I'm on a team with a bunch of women. And one of my team members was being really proactive in her fertility journey, found out she also has PCOS, was able to like do things proactively that gave her the confidence and the knowledge necessary to have like realistic expectations going into the process of trying to grow their family. And we were actually just talking about this because the media had hypothesized that the pandemic would cause this huge baby boom. You know, we're in the Midwest. So whenever there's a massive snowstorm or something, they always predict that there's going to be like a baby boom following that. Uh, But it's interesting because if you look at the numbers, like you were saying, it doesn't really 
hear that that was the case. And so, you know, what do you think, you know, as we're coming out of this season of unknown and uncertainty, what do you kind of predict will be shifting in terms of women's health and fertility? Because I think a lot of women are at this stage where last year was the year that they asked themselves a lot of questions, right? Like, am I happy? Am I ready for this? Is my career taking off? Like, where do I need to go? Do you have any guesses as to kind of what we'll see as the world continues to open more? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I think we could do a, a whole podcast. <laughs> You know, I think one of the most amazing things that I found in in starting Modern Fertility is just really how unique every fertility journey is. And I mm-hmm. think that that it's just it's so personal, right? It's it's up to to you to decide and think through what you you want in your life to look at. I think, you know, broadly we're seeing rates of voluntary childlessness. So so mm-hmm. choosing to go through life without a family go up. We're starting to or we're continuing to see people with is waiting until later in life to start their their families, which in turn has has impact on fertility rates. But we're also starting to to see, you know, especially with last year, with you know interfacing with the healthcare system and financial risk and concern being the two yeah. reasons that people were delaying expanding their families as the world starts to to return to normal. Those two fears go away, and so I think we're starting to see a, a rebound. But I think that. What I I hope continues to persist is really just kind of a a normalization of this conversation and just being upfront and understanding that that starting to the decision around having kids for for a lot of people is one of the largest ones that they'll they'll make in their their lives. And it's just so interesting. We spend so much time planning for retirement, planning our mortgages, planning our career and our career progression. Yet for so many people, the thought of having kids is just a, a black box. And I I think that as we continue to just, you know, progress and and just are amidst these kind of cultural changes and and evolution, I think that my hope is that this just becomes a a part of conversations where people realize just where the the data is and are empowered by that data, are empowered by the the options of the the tools, tests and resources around them to really be their own best advocates. So, you know, they can make the decisions for themselves as opposed to biology making it, it for them. And I think yeah. that that information up front is is truly what I, I see as the, the biggest step that we can make forward in terms of, of normalizing those conversations. I'm super curious. I have just been thinking so much about motherhood and career and how those two roles have dramatically shifted, you know, even from our parents' generation to our generation in that, you know, women are career driven and focused and potentially starting their families later in life or, you know, trying to pursue both motherhood and career simultaneously, which might be different than how they were raised or or their parents raised. What are some things that women should be thinking about if right now they're kind of on that career trajectory and waiting a little bit longer than their parents did to start their family? Because I think that we are in this time 
of a shift where people are just waiting a little bit longer. And I'm just curious kind of what you think about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's amazing. Women are are, uh, rising. People with ovaries are rising to new levels of power and authority within society. We're continuing to just, you know, take over. And I I just think it's it's amazing that these shifts are happening in in almost every field and continuing to accelerate. And the reality is this will continue to make steps forward as opposed to to backwards. And so I I just think it's, it's awesome. In regards to just in response to this shift, understanding the other things in our, our bodies, other things in society that, that have to shift as a part of it. I, I just really think that there's a, a gap from kind of a public health and education standpoint in terms of our you know broader narrative around preventing pregnancy, shifting that to talk about you know planning pregnancy at the same time that we talk about preventing it. Because it's really, it's just, it's education, it's it's biology, it's, it's approaching sex ed in a, yeah. in a different way. And so I think it's really, Really, you know, taking a, a step back and and just getting the the facts, being an advocate for for yourself, understanding your body, understanding your your fertility hormones. I, obviously, I'm I'm biased. I think that modern fertility and taking the modern fertility hormone test is just an, an awesome resource to understand that baseline. And so, when we see you know recent college graduates, you know, take the test and just start to, to understand where that is in the context of their journey. I just think it's it's awesome. We're also starting to see this, this really cool shift where we have a, a semi-quantitative ovulation test. And, and typically ovulation tests are, are used if you're trying to, to conceive and you want to pinpoint the your two most fertile days. You basically pee in a cup in the morning, you dip a, a strip of paper into the cup, and we have this, this awesome app that helps you interpret the actual amount of LH in your urine. And And when you see that surge, you can time intercourse or insemination to to get pregnant. But what we're starting to see is that women that are are kind of have been on birth control the majority of their lives are coming off of birth control and just wondering, oh, my gosh, like I've never I've never ovulated before. Being on oral birth control just literally has prevented ovulation my entire life. And I have no idea if I have a 20 day cycle, if I have a 30 day cycle, if if I even ovulate or, or not. And so we're starting to see this really cool shift of of women just starting to take an ovulation test to understand their baseline, understand their their bodies. And so I think the shift to more proactive information is just a a really cool one that is easy and and just can be a part of your, your broader routine. I love this. And I think women's cycles are so fascinating. I think they're telling. (laughs) I think they can guide us. I think they can normalize the different ways we feel throughout the month. Like there is so much empowerment happening when you understand women's cycles. And it's so interesting to me that, well, I mean, it's terrible to me that we aren't taught more about that in an empowering context versus like a discrete you know, hide your tampon up your sleeve type process. And I love that. And it's so interesting because even I was with my family and we're very period positive in our family and we're all just talking about our cycles and things like that. And it's it's so interesting how you've said it's it's so unique to each person, but there is a lot of power in knowing your body and being in tune with your body. And I know for me on my process, after we had two miscarriages, I was so angry at my body. I felt like my body had failed me. Like I disconnected from my body. Like if I could have just removed my heart and my mind from my body, I would have done that. And I think what really helped me get back into my body was understanding it on a level of what I personally needed. I'm 
kind of that person that you could tell me like, you need to eat asparagus for the next seven days because there's a study that says it helps you. But until I know exactly what's happening inside of my personal body, I'm not going to pay attention. And that's why I think these personalized tests can just be so powerful and empowering. Can you share a little bit about how the hormone test works? Because I've done many hormone tests just to check levels throughout our process, but I would love for a listener to kind of hear what that looks like. Yeah. So if you you come to modernfertility.com and request a test, we customize the panel based on the type of birth control you're taking, if any. And so we test for a range of hormones, but to kind of dive into some of the hormones, one of the core ones that we test for is called AMH, anti-malarian hormone. So AMH is this, this super cool hormone. It is secreted by the cells that surround the follicles in your ovaries. And so basically every follicle for the most part contains an egg. And so by measuring the amount of AMH in your blood, It's basically a proxy for the amount of eggs that you have in your ovaries. And what we can do is based on your age and your levels, we can say, oh, this is this is what is is average uh, if you are above average or or below average for the number of eggs that you have in your ovaries for that time. And so what's super cool about that is that AMH, it's not going to tell you if you are going to be able to get pregnant that month because you only need one egg and and one sperm to get pregnant, but it's really helpful in terms of understanding more about your, your reproductive career. So if your, your AMH, for example, is, is super, super high like mine, and you can, can go to modernfertility.com and and download my fertility report that I have on our, our website. While AMH is not a part of the official Rotterdam criteria that is used to diagnose PCOS, it can help your doctor just have a, a conversation and, and be a factor of, of maybe getting to that, that broader diagnosis. Or if you have almost undetectable levels of, of AMH, often doctors will, will use that as a part of understanding other red flags like POI, premature ovarian insufficiency. That affects one in 100 women. It's where you have an almost undetectable level of, of eggs in your ovaries, and that can, can put you at risk for getting pregnant naturally, but also a host of other cardiovascular health issues. So so again, understanding just where your, your body is, is so helpful in the context of, of understanding your, your reproductive health, but also your, your reproductive health as a, a lens to your, your broader health. We also, if you're not taking certain types of oral birth control, we can test for FSH. And FSH is, is uh, a hormone that's secreted by your pituitary gland. And basically what that does is it kind of jumpstarts ovulation. So that FSH just will kind of uh, wiggle egg free and and cause it to to start to ovulate. And basically the harder that FSH has to work, so the more FSH that you have in your blood, the harder it is for it to kind of cause uh, and and jumpstart ovulation. So we look at AMH and FSH together sometimes to to get that overall understanding of of ovarian reserve. There's other hormones that we look at, such as TSH, thyroid, and thyroid issues are are very common. are relatively common in, in women. And thyroid can play a big role in your ability to get pregnant, but also the health of your child and the, the outcomes as it relates to, to pregnancy. So basically, as we go through each of these hormones, it's basically either this snapshot of where you are today or this baseline that you can continue to measure over time to get a sense of your, your reproductive health and, and how it evolves. That's so incredible. And I think it's so 
cool to just get that snapshot for you, whether you're wanting to start your family soon or you want to delay that start. Just having that information can really empower you to make the right decisions now that can deeply impact your future. I think that's so incredible. And I know for me, before modern fertility existed, in terms of my context of journey, like we had to seek out, we went to see a naturopath fertility specialist and had to do all of these different tests and and do the lab core and go in and do multiple tests and that kind of stuff to get the information needed for me to just understand what I needed to do on a personal health level to prepare for pregnancy. And so it's just so cool that you can do it from the comfort of your own home. I think that's like the biggest win of all. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. And you know, it really, we think of modern fertility, like your, your best friend that also happens to to be an OBGYN that's just going to help you understand all of this information, personalize it and put it in the context of, of you. We don't give medical advice. You can't make a diagnosis based on just your hormones independently, but you, you can just start to, to understand your body, understand your fertility and reproductive health and in the context of, of these decisions. And, and yeah, we actually, the majority of our customers are a few years away way from actively trying to conceive and, and get pregnant. And others are, are just somewhere within their process and, and wanting more information. Uh, so I just think that this type of information is, is so essential and just so helpful in terms of, of understanding your, your baseline and, and how to think about these, these decisions. Yeah. I love this conversation so much. And offline, I have so many conversations with close (laughs) friends in the process of IVF or going through their own journeys. And it's just fascinating to me once you open up the floodgates and start to get that information on yourself, it can just really open you up, not just in the realm of fertility. I know the changes that I had to make on our fertility journey have positively impacted my life, my energy levels, my work, my drive. There's so many things that I can link back to being proactive in our fertility journey that isn't just about reproducing or having children, but that have just really improved my overall health. So I think it can be the start of something really beautiful too, where you with that new knowledge can start to make decisions and take care of yourself maybe in a new way that you haven't been. Yeah, I, I love I love that sentiment because I, we hear so many stories about you know women that that took modern fertility, discovered an issue with their thyroid levels mm-hmm. with their doctor, realized that their weight gain, their tiredness, uh, just all of these factors were were actually the result of a thyroid condition, and they they got treatment and were able to both get pregnant, but also just drastically changed the way that they were were navigating life all the way through. I, I am not actively trying to get pregnant right now, but I take. Our, our prenatal and it is like the the vitamin hack my hair skin and nails and just all of the, <laughs> the nutrients that you get from just nourishing your body the right way I think that that all of these changes up front are just so so important but even in thinking through our prenatal most we, we found in our research I actually didn't know that you were supposed to take a prenatal before you find out that you're pregnant mm-hmm. because it actually takes multiple months for the folic acid levels to build 
buildup in your body to prevent neural tube defects in, in your future child. And so again, like having that type of information up front and, and doing everything that you can for your, your own health and that of your future child and, and being able to trust a, a brand that the quality of ingredients and, and the levels are just are right and, and safe. I, I think that all of these things are just a, a part of this, this new world of fertility and, and reproductive health that I just think, again, information is the, the biggest gap. And, and we're just here to help uh, make, make navigating it a, a little bit easier. It's so cool, even the whole prenatal thing. Like when we were getting ready to prepare for this pregnancy, I went to our naturopath and and just sat down. We did all the blood work, different levels, things like that. And and she was like, I just wish more women would come in before they start trying because there's so much more you can do and take care of and optimize. And she's like, so many people I see after they're having issues or they've experienced a loss and and it's such a sensitive time in your bodies in this interesting transition. And she said, it's a lot harder to treat then because you're not yeah. quite sure which variables might be off or impacted. And it was just so cool. Cause she's like, I just, I asked her, I was like, is there anything I can like talk about or share that would, you know, help this mission. And she's like, just empower women to be proactive about this and empowered by it. And I think that it's such a beautiful movement in the right direction. And I'm so excited to see more women embracing that. Well, thank you for saying that. I could, I could not agree more. And I would love to, to connect with this doctor because she is speaking our language. But, but yeah, I, I really think that is what it is all about. And, and I'm just so grateful for, to you for, for opening up about your, your story and having this conversation. Because I, I believe that this is really where it all starts, normalizing the conversations and just making fertility a, a part of just wellness. Why, why can't we talk about our, our fertility in the same way that we talk about our beauty routines and, yes. and just starting to, to have these these conversations where everybody knows what what AMH is and uh, it's just a, it's a part of our body it's a part of our health and we just are empowered by by having all of that information at our fingertips. Oh, Afton, this is so good. Is there anything that you are just super excited about that's getting you excited to get out of bed in the morning after this past year? I feel like we need to celebrate the joys even more. Tell me what's getting you pumped up these days. Oh my gosh. You know, I think for me, I love modern fertility. I love everything that, that we do. And just the fact that at the core of, of everything, we have this mantra, it's a neon sign on our wall that says we trust women and being able to have a company and a business model and just focus on clinically sound, neutral information that I want to use myself. Nice. Uh, it is just, it is so fun to, to get a question from someone that listens to this podcast and say, Hey, uh, actually, yeah, we, we wrote a whole blog article and in, in deep dive with an OBGYN on this exact topic or, or no, we, we don't have that answer. Let us go figure out and get back to you. And so to be able to be at the intersection of all of that every day and have a whole team to work alongside and, and do that, I think that women's health is just a fascinating place to be. And, you know, I'm really encouraged by just, we still have so much further to go, but I'm just so encouraged by the the progress that we've made. And so, yeah, I mean, 
it's a ton of fun. I'm grateful to, to be here today. And, and yeah, for anybody listening, would love to, to chat. You can email us, uh, hi at modernfertility.com. You can check out our, our website, our Instagram. We want to hear from you. We, we host free webinars and, and just educational events to, to dive into to all of these topics. We have a, a community where tens of thousands of women kind of come on and, and talk about all of these different topics within fertility. So, so please reach out. We would love to, to hear from you. Oh, Afton, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was such an amazing interview, and I'm just so grateful for this education and knowledge and research and the tools that are equipping women to take control and to be proactive. I think it's literally one of the most empowering movements happening right now, and it's just so exciting to be a part of it. Speaking from experience, one of the things that I could just hope for anyone listening is that you have the permission to be proactive. I know coming from a place of reactivity after our second loss was really, really hard. And on top of the grief of the loss, trying to uncover all of the reasons why it had occurred was just a really dark time for me. And so experiencing a pregnancy where I'm carrying a healthy baby a second time around feels like such a blessing and a gift, but being able to approach it from a proactive place this time has absolutely transformed the experience for me from start to where I find myself today. And I love that people like Afton are out there seeking solutions and making more opportunities for women to choose to be in the driver's seat of what their futures might look like. I am so grateful for you tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. 
Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.